Greetings. Welcome to St. Dominic's Weekly. This is Father Michael. Wonderful show for you today, continuing the Quarantine Chronicles, the Fix-It edition. We had a listener who suggested that kind of a la car talk, where those two personalities uh, talked about how you mechanically can fix your car and the bantering that they had so wonderfully, that Father Isaiah and I might have a similarly a kind of banter or spiritual advice for how we might tune up our spiritual lives in that way. And so we circle around the question of in these days of COVID and pandemic, how are we facing our fears? How are we dealing with anxieties, those aspects of our lives that might have us down in the dumps, feeling a little blue either from the extremes of facing unemployment or ill health, all the way down to just uh, that sense of the drudgery of daily routine. We then pivot to talk about a little bit about what we're reading and end up talking about uh, one of the greatest authors of the 20th century, someone who wrote in every genre from theology to philosophy, apologetics, uh, all kinds of fiction in terms of fantasy, fairy tale, sci-fi, you name it, this author wrote in it. And we discuss what is his number one best-selling book of all time. So stay tuned uh, for that. Whether you're on the go or taking it slow, many, many blessings as you enjoy today's show. Greetings and welcome back to St. Dominic's Weekly. This is Father Isaiah. That's Father Michael. He is risen. Truly, he has risen. And more, not only is he risen, but I'm drinking some fizzy water, too. You know, I mean, you know, with the, you know, the pants is lifted. Hey, it's Easter. Celebrate Easter, man. I mean, here we are for another Chronicle, the Quarantine Chronicle. Quarantine Chronicles. Fix It edition. Yeah, no. So here's the idea. The idea was we had, uh, we love uh, listener feedback and interaction. Uh, Elaine uh, emailed us and said, Love the podcast. Right. She said, that especially the one on Catherine of Siena, we we're kind of going back and forth. She said that it reminded her of the old car talk show. Oh, two guys with attitude from Chicago. No, Chicago- no, Boston. You've never listened to car talk, have you? What? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's these two, these two Boston guys with the guy that they're like mechanic guys that know everything mm-hmm. about cars and people call in and they, and it's like, the fun part is that someone will be like, my car's kind of going and they're like, oh, did you, would you do this or do that? Or, you know, bifurcate the old oil belt or whatnot. Anyway, they're, it's kind of like fix it idea. Like, like basically, you know, kind of, mm, I would call it pleasant, humorous triage for cars. <laughs> So how successful were these guys? That's what I'm. Oh, these now. guys are pretty. Fa- I mean, okay. you know, there's, yeah, no, they're. I think they're well known. Your your own knowledge, your own mechanical knowledge, what notwithstanding. Sounds oh. like my father would have loved this show. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Would have been right up your dad's alley. Yeah, I, would have I believe. Been, would have been. Yeah. Now, 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 he was involved in sheet metal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, did he ever like try to? get you to be kind of hands-on like when it comes to cars can you can you well what's what's your ability with cars here we're already on a tangent but this is good i remember yeah no i know it's good i i remember the week before i took off for college he gave me uh uh a rim the rim kind of go over of of the car of how to everything from the tires to the oil to the what the lights mean and all that so now have you ever fixed like what what's the most advanced thing you've ever done 
Mechanically. Uh, in, in recent memory, yeah. it's changing one of the blown out tires of one of the minivans on the middle of the 92. Oh, nice. Okay. So you <laughs> so, can change a tire. Yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Was that with uh, Brother, Brother Daniel D? and Brother oh. and now Father Andy? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you did uh, when you were doing the blog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was like a yeah. blog article. It was, it, was, it was something like you, you did like a Lord of the Rings adventure yeah. kind of theme yeah, to like, it. Yeah. Um, remembering. To, uh, yeah, there and back. Again. They're back again. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I remember now. Now yeah. it's, it's it's yeah. Yeah. So changing tires, but you never like change like the belt or the alternator or you ever change the battery? Yeah. Okay, change the yeah, battery. So, okay. right. Never the belt. That was never the belt. I was too. Uh, I was too scared to cap for that. Yeah. Plus you got to like tighten. I mean, and then here's the thing. These days they, you know, when you go to the garage, mechanic's garage, literally plug something into you know your new car. It's just like all computers these days. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Here, here we are. We know nothing about cars, and we're opining about the glory days of when you could just get in there with your hands and fix it itself. Yeah. The idea, though, is in a spiritual life, there is a hands-on nature to it as well. Look at that transition. Right. Pretty smooth. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, so the idea is, especially during these upside-down days, as I call them, it, are there uh, aspects of our life that maybe need a little work under the hood, so to speak? Yeah. And so I was thinking the by far and away, I don't know about what your experience has been, but folks you know, emailing in or doing video conference or, mm-hmm. or, or a, any kind of pastoral moment having with people, the first thing that comes up is how are you doing kind of yeah. mentally, psychologically, just kind of in your own state and of mind. So I was thinking maybe do a little bit of practicality about how our faith interacts with this moment at a very human level. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're feeling anywhere from, you know, totally overwhelmed and like yeah. the world is falling in and de- mm-hmm. total depression mode all the way through the spectrum to just kind of, eh, just feeling a little bit down or a little bit restless yeah. mm-hmm. or a little bit blue. Um, so maybe that, that kind of is some, so some tips for that, that we could share with folks for what do we do when we're blue? I now I always yeah. say, if you look at that, my thoughts always go toward it's Aquinas, first of all. Sure. <laughs> no, I don't think people are getting that joke, but I, every time I preach the last four times, I, say, I naturally think of Aristotle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it became a thing. But anyway, the... Uh, the Nazis laughed. The, yeah, they, 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 they did. I, well, I got, a, I got a wry smile out of uh, Brother Kevin Peter, so I'm always looking. He's, he's the t- he's, he's the toughest. He's, the t- he's a tough laugh, yeah. He's already told me he doesn't laugh just because, you know, someone tries to be humorous from the... From the ambo, you know, he says he's just not getting. It. He says those are pity laughs. So he, so Ooh, you got to really, yeah, rough, he, exactly, pity so, laughs. exactly. Just says just because a uh, you know someone who's not necessarily a professional humorist tries to say something funny in public, are not just going to give kind of a automatic laugh. You kind of have to earn it. He's he's let me know that you're going to have to learn any. But I got well, him. To, I got him to smirk. I my next smirks are not bad. Here's yeah. the thing he doesn't know is my next level is to call him out directly. He little does he know. That, that we're recording this podcast right now, and his, and we're going to forward the file to his parents <laughs> that's right, on that's Monday right. morning. Yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah. I, well, evaluations are coming up, so you know. <laughs> there you go. But the I, <laughs> the idea from Aquinas on when we're feeling blue is that we're human beings, so he actually suggests mm-hmm. uh, taking a warm bath. Oh, and a little a little vino, a little vino and, and a warm bath to kind of. In a sense, uh, connect with our humanness, especially when we're sad or a sense of loss. So he says it's not something you would expect from the angelic doctor in a very practical way. Have you engaged in such humors? 
They, no, I'm not, I'm not a big vino guy. Are you? You're you're, you're a vino guy, kind of more or less. No. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I enjoy the occasional red. <laughs> there you go. So no, so just whatever kind of gives can, can, can give a little bit of recreation or a little bit of pleasure that way. To you know, don't you don't have to. This is not a time for austere fasting. Certainly now that we're celebrating Easter, no, but no. just just in general. So so he has very wise advice there. But just in terms of our faith too, to to be able to first of all recognize we're in that moment. I can't. Tell you how many conversations these days begin. Oh, how are you doing? How's it going? Yeah, and, those <laughs> words mean a lot now. <laughs> they do. Right? They how do. are you? Yeah. But I have to say, it was, yeah, it was a few days ago. I was like, so I was like, oh, Father Michael, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I'm like, oh, really? Like, there's like, I'm like really? really? Like a disappointment? Okay? Well, not no, not a disappointment. Just like they were like checking in because you know, your automated response is just like, oh, I'm doing fine. They're like, yeah. You sure about that? Wait, really? And oh, like, like, I see. I was like, well, yeah. And then like, and, so they went, and then someone else had the same thing. Like a little bit later on in the day, I was like. They're like, oh, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm doing fine. Really? Are you doing fine? I was like, oh, am I not like, am I not looking <laughs> like that? Or am right. I, you know, this, that's, uh, that'd be good. So sometimes I guess the point is that we're not even sometimes aware of how, how we're sure. doing. It's just kind of like the situation kind of comes and slowly seeps in. It's kind of like mm-hmm. the frog in the water, right? You know, okay. the experiment yeah. where the, mm-hmm. you boil the, fr- the slow boil, <laughs> the slow yeah. boil, where just yeah. kind of like boiling, boiling, boiling. So I was thinking, how is it that we can take our own kind of, temperature emotionally mm-hmm. in terms of doing that in terms of how our behavior now there's the uh the kind of emotional temperature taken about kind of asking yourself okay how am i feeling in this situation so the um what's the acronym that that folks uh who uh mad glad uh, sad yeah bad, exactly yeah. Yeah. blast yeah, yeah. well what you would mad sad glad bad bad what is that mb i'm i'm in i'm in I'm an acronym guy, so what's that? Yeah. M- <laughs> so blast is the one okay. I always learned. So if you're feeling what bored, lonely, angry, stressed out, or tired. Okay. Yeah. So blast. B l a s t. So that's kind of like the emotional range. Okay. That I think sounds about right. They yeah. haven't. They they've forgotten one key one. Hungry. I don't know how they fa- figure that into blast. Blast. Huh. <laughs> so maybe they, or maybe it's not working. Get, uh, <laughs> maybe people don't get angry. Angry is a thing. Angry, exactly. Angry. <laughs> yeah, no. So yeah. So the, the, that idea, though, that we need to be kind of checking in with ourselves a little bit, especially when you're, you know, living in proximity to mm-hmm. others. So right. So am I bored? But you, you know what I find? So I've and I've done certainly as as a priest, we've all done those pastoral classes where you. Um, not only can identify for yourself or at least reflect on yourself, but also be able to be helpful for others to say, mm-hmm. okay, well, what are some of those triggers, emotional triggers? Am I bored? Am I lonely? Am I angry? Am yeah. I stressed out? Am I tired? Am I hungry? What are those, what, what's triggering those things? I have to say though, I I don't know if I myself, and maybe there are people who are just emotional savants that can like take that temperature immediately, but I think that's a really more difficult thing to do than you think. Especially if you're a guy. Yeah. I mean, men are yeah. just naturally... And maybe that's it, too. ...just uh, more distant about uh, discovering what our emotions are, or not only our emotions, but that of others, to actually pinpoint what it is. Yeah, and especially in the moment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so definitely. it's kind of like, oh, well, uh, how are you feeling? It's like, how are you feeling right now? It's like, I don't know, let me think about that. And it's like, is my thinking about it also affecting how I'm feeling? Right. Because I, now I'm annoyed <laughs> that you've asked me to think about this and mm-hmm. I don't really have time. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so and there's like, an agenda that I have to get through exactly. to see how you're doing. Yeah. And here's where I think of it. Here's where you bring the spirituality into it. Um, Jeremiah. Ooh. Jeremiah has this 
beautiful. So yeah. Jeremiah, the prophet, the reluctant yeah. prophet, yes. ends up at the end of the bottom of a well. Lord, yeah. if this is how you treat yeah. your your friends, no wonder you have so many, so many few, yeah. few of them. Like, that yeah. kind of that's paraphrasing yeah. there, but the reluctant. Uh, prophet who has to act out all the ways in which people have been unfaithful to the Lord and the ways in which that relationship has been severed. Mm-hmm. But he reflects, I think in like chapter 17 or so, yeah. he says this, that's always stayed with me, mostly because of the verbiage too, more tortuous than, the hu- than anything is the human heart. Right. Who can understand it? And yeah. I've always, I, the first time I read that, because it's, it's in the uh, daytime readings, right. mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was torturous. So, the, but but right. the word is not torturous; it's tortuous, as in a tortoise. Yeah, well, okay, no, okay, <laughs> no. The, it comes from the word tort, meaning twisty. Twisty. Okay. So if you're All on right. a you're on a tortuous road, it's Lombard Street is the world's okay. tortuous road, most right. tortuous okay. road. So all right. the word means like twit, or if you um, like tort law, like uh, things are all combined together, kind of twisted together. So if you right. if you you bring right. a tort, you collect all of it and put a bow around it, and it's one big case. So yeah, so tortuous the word means twisty. So it's so Jeremiah is saying, I'm, I know I'm in this situation, but. I can't even know my own feelings about like mm-hmm. I, I I'm not the best judge of my own um, internal feelings right now, yeah. and uh, that's that, that's insightful to me. I yeah. really I think the the when, especially when people say you know just ask them how they're doing, we are often the worst <laughs> yeah. judges of our own emotional kind of temperature. So how how do you do that? Well, I, I when people are like I, you know they they can I said well you can you got two choices you can. You can either, and it's all around behavior. Don't look how you're feeling. How do you take emotional temperature? You look to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at your behavior. Yeah. <laughs> right? What are you exhibiting? What, what, are, what you, are you exhibiting? Yeah. When you, how are you noticing yeah. what you're actually doing, how you're right. interacting, how you're communicating? That's a better judge than kind of to go, go the introspective route. I think the only introspective route in my mind only helps when you're thinking about pat, when you're doing some review in the past. Patterns. Patterns yeah. for mm-hmm. the best. Like when we do our nightly exam, and it's kind of like, okay, if I, I've got my little check the boxes yeah. on the exam, mm-hmm. and you know, for okay, how did I do here, here, and here, and in these areas of my life, okay, I can check the box or say, blew it there, I need a new fresh opportunity. But in the moment to be able to evaluate it, forget about it. We're too close. Too close. Yeah. Too close, right? So when it comes to our own spiritual life and this kind of shelter in place and all the rest, to ask yourself, okay, what are that my habits? What am I actually, if I break it down, what am I actually doing? Yeah. And what does that say about how I'm feeling and how my emotional mm-hmm. life is is kind of uh, going? So, and and to take temperature, I mean, just to use a, the zero to 10 scale, I think most of us, you know, on a day-to-day would say anything under five is like good, like the stress level is down. You yeah. can kind of mm-hmm. like, you can cope. But then when things start ramping up, you know, it's right. it's, it's kind of like I notice, uh, see if this, for, as an example, what I notice for myself is that, the first kind of just is kind of like I feel like there's we have we've got like filters like the internal dialogue right. of mm-hmm. how, how we interact. Yeah. So uh, when we get from five to six, it's kind of like some of the non-verbal filters that it display a sense of connectivity start to drop away. Right. So mm-hmm. you get like a grimace, or you yeah. get you got a cold shoulder. You kind of like you walk the other. You know, just little yeah. physical That's things. That's when you start sighing in the bad way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But not even. Not, I mean, yeah. thinking pre-sigh. I'm, I'm thinking like a sense of just of just um, totally non-conscious kind of like you're not even rolling your eyes yet, but just 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 a sense of the the the, the you're not being actively engaged. Like right. when we're talking here, I could be actively engaged, yeah. or it kind of like okay, he's gonna say. 
like you're just kind of drifting off. You're yeah. kind of like mm-hmm. you're disengaged. So there's a level of disengagement. Okay, all right, if okay. That, if that makes sense. And yeah. I'm sure people process it. Then when you get up to like six to seven, that's where the kind of the, the filters don't just become totally unconscious but this is where you're kind of like like you said kind of like you're okay that's the what sigh. I'm about. Okay. <laughs> you're like the sigh or the, like the rolling of the eyes okay. or the, all right yeah <laughs> kind of like the, oh, the more brother. exhibitive the more exhibited yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and so it's kind of like that and then so this is like the uh, and then then the sense so that filters down so i think of a sense of filter so the, the first filter kind of is less like like the unconscious and then and then there's these little these little pattern and then you've got it's I'm sure it's different for different people. That you've got mm-hmm. the idea that mm, you become a little more aggressive or passive, however it exhibits yeah. for you, in being sharp with someone right. or very short or just kind of you know not not paying, you know, just actively shutting someone down when they begin right. to say like I don't have time for this, just like or just walking away or or saying something very cutting or something. Yeah. Like. So that filter kind of goes. Down and then when you get to like you know <laughs> you get in the eight nine ten thing you 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 that's where you can either people different people either retreat into themselves mm-hmm. or perhaps go full blast into kind of anger mode and right. and and all the filters are dropped but but all of that assessment in my mind goes back to that Jeremiah saying that um, it's not we're we're not the best judges of our own kind of emotional state it's what are we actually doing and so to notice the actual behavior of, right. of what we're going because the second line of that is where the Lord says I alone can yeah. probe the mind and test the heart mm-hmm. we who created it and so that in, in my mind leads to perhaps um, something that might sound obvious especially coming from, 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 from us priests. from two priests yeah. is, is that a place to really start is ask yourself not just in terms of idealizing it or in terms of ideation but mm-hmm. Are you really taking quiet time to really reset, to connect, to pray? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Because that's where that's where any kind of sense of inner peace is not only going to be found, but even known that it, it's needed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm not even truly aware of my need for God's presence and his peace until I slow down enough or get out of my head enough right. to recognize what am I actually doing? How is this behavior either towards God's will or away from God's yeah. will. And now I can kind of reset in that way. So, Yeah, I think it's fair to say that many, um, many people are just having, dealing with some sort of level of anxiety. So we need to retreat that time to not only ask ourselves how we are doing, but ask God to tell us how we are doing. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Here it right. is. So, so he, here's a little thing I do, and I, I don't know if this resonates with you, but I, I started doing this a couple of weeks ago where I take part of my little meditation time mm-hmm. in the morning, and I literally think of everything that I'm either fearful about or seems stressful or mm-hmm. I'm upset about, and I, I like... I like think about like I really kind of go there imaginatively uh-huh. and just kind of like I just like okay and then and so you get you got that and then um kind of one by one if I can kind of organize them okay. a little bit right. like you know in terms of like oh my issues but not that this ever happens with this brother or that brother it may or may not happen I can't uh, I, I won't just let's just say <laughs> just say this is an experiment. <laughs> This is just a foreign. It reminds me. I've said this before. The little, the little boy who, when I asked for examples of how we might sin, said he gave a very specific example of, of when someone took his pencil, 
punching punching his classmate and taking it back and then and then and then but that wasn't the sin the sin was the sin was lying to the teacher that they had done it even though it wasn't I mean, the teacher obviously saw it happen so but tried to like cover it up later there were a drop. couple other things you missed that and that guy. was but the whole thing was this was just a hypothetical and I asked for a hypothetical <laughs> so anyways there's this, this hypothetical stress with another brother where they're rubbing you the wrong way or maybe you're rubbing them the wrong way um, which is which by the way remind me come back to chapter of faults that's another good thing oh yeah but, but let me continue on this. Yeah. You, you you say, okay, Lord, I'm I'm giving this relationship this sense of impasse or struggle. I'm giving it I'm giving it to to you. Um, mm-hmm. I, the other day, I heard uh, the beautiful um, reflections from these cloistered uh, Cistercian nuns. Yeah. Okay. That, and and one of them was saying that one of her biggest struggles was what with the way that they were chanting office back and forth chorally, like like mm-hmm. we do. Yeah. And she was saying. You know, we're not always at the same tempo, and it just kind of drives her crazy. Okay. Until she realized, you know what? The whole reason why we're here chanting is we're here to worship and to love God. Mm-hmm. And even if we are maybe not at the right tempo or the right pitch, if our intention is 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 love, then we we're, we can't be too far off the mark, right? right. You know, yeah. it, you know, there's there's no, no one with malice here. It's just it. and and the interviewer is very perceptive, and a psychologist himself, a doctor, so okay. said. Even angels have different tempos. Of wow. Singing. Yeah. I was like, wow. I was like right on. Okay. So, Amen. So, so that made me think, okay, we're all angels here. <laughs> Metaphorically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In the sense. In the sense. In other words, there's no ill will there. It's, it's yeah. all love. And if we're not the right. To, so anyway, just examples of daily living that can can get a little bit of sense of um, bring frustration or thing or just decisions or, or anything. Mm-hmm. That we might so you bring it all up and then one by one you name them and then you give them to the Lord. Yeah. And you say, Lord, more torturous than the human heart. How can I possibly deal with this sense of fear, anxiety, boredom? Not so much. Loneliness, right. not so much. You know, anger, yeah. yes, yes, the anger. So you just go down the list mm-hmm. of, of things and say, okay, here, how am I feeling about this? What does my behavior say about what I'm doing this? And then give it to the Lord. Say, mm-hmm. Lord, you know, you know what's what's there. I think too of um, the uh, uh, not the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount. On the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord says in, in um, I think chapter six, where he talks okay. about, he says, you know, consider the lilies of the field. Ah, okay. Right? You know That's where you this? Okay. <laughs> where he says, they don't, you know, they don't have care and concern. Basically, mm-hmm. your fear can't add one moment to your life. And yeah. so it's that sense of entrusting yourself to the Lord. So you're entrusting it to the Lord. You're like, well, okay, here's my fear, here's my anxiety, here's, here's, here's all the rest that's doing it. And then you entrust it. And then... You can go about your day as you yeah. go find it, knowing mm-hmm. that it's on the agenda. Because the the, the worst thing I, I find is when you're feeling stressed or upset or angry and someone's trying to be helpful and they're like, oh, no, you don't have to worry about that. Don't be afraid of that. Mm-hmm. Or oh, come on, you don't have to be angry about that. I'll just pray about that some more. Yeah. <laughs> or just wish it away yeah. or, or like, yeah. like, or say like, what if, what if, what if, and I know that people, what if, you know, here in the house we got you know someone contracted the virus mm-hmm. and people started getting deathly ill and yeah. even pass away like and that's a fear especially i'm it's sure legitimate. like yeah. it's legitimate fear the the worst thing i think you can say is oh don't worry about that that'll yeah. never happen because absolutely it could happen it could happen it's very <laughs> polyanious yeah it's it's, yeah. it's, it's very naive so i guess the, the worst response well it's two things there's there's i think the instinct we all have towards um 
hypothesizing or seeing the catastrophe, kind of mm-hmm. uh, the catastrophization. Is that a word? <laughs> catastrophizing. It is now. <laughs> catastrophizing the situation. Yeah. We, we, immediately we go to the worst possible right. scenario. We go right from zero to dead, yeah. <laughs> you know, in, in our minds. And it's like, okay, there's acknowledging. What do we do with that? What does our faith say to do that? Well, the the worst thing we can do is to use our faith to try to say, oh, don't worry about that. Yeah. It's not, it's not, right. it's not, because it could be. Yeah. Acknowledge, yeah. Acknowledge, Acknowledge the it. fear. Yeah. yeah. It was like I was saying the other day with courage. We did some homilies on courage. Mm-hmm. And, and Aquinas says very clearly that courage does not take away fear and that, that the virtue itself doesn't eliminate the emotion or the feeling, but actually purifies it works with it, modulates it. We need a healthy amount of fear. Fear mm-hmm. the Lord's the beginning of the wisdom, right? Yeah. So it's it's almost like, um, you know, a, a level in which we, we need a certain amount of healthy emotion or we're not human, yeah. not just too much. So it's, 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 a, it's a moderation mm-hmm. on the extremes more than a kind of total absence of it. So courage keeps the, the fear meter at the right, right. M- modulation, <laughs> not a total absence of it in every way. So what would you say about people who are flippant, if not indifferent to said fear? Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't, I mean, in this case, it'd be, it's, it's a, that, that would be more of the extreme kind right. of thing. Mm-hmm. Aristotle also says, uh, <laughs> he said, no, he does. He says that there's, there's a way in which as human beings, we tend towards one vice or the other. Mm-hmm. So most people, like he takes like eating, for example, he says, certainly there are ways in which we can err when it comes to eating to like starving ourselves like to the, but, but that's a rare, you know, that's, that's usually also combined with psychological, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, struggles as well, you right. know, uh, in terms of eating disorders and things like that. There's right. both a physical and a psychological. So most people, if they're, str- if this is paraphrasing, but if, if they're stressed and eating, it's going to be an overindulgence, not an underindulgence. Right. Like it kind of tends to that way. I think when it comes to fear, most people feel too much fear rather than a total lack of fear just based on it. Right? In fact, mm-hmm. did you ever see the, um, this, this will transition just for a parenthetical into the, um, the, the guys who were climbing um, El Capitan, there's a documentary. Mm-hmm. I forget, I'm forgetting the name of it off the top of my head. But but anyway, it was it's like, and the, they, they, the guy is just like literally fearless. He's climb, free climbing, free yeah. solo. That's right. You seen yeah. free solo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guy's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's insane. <laughs> well, yeah. but he's climbing without ropes, without anything. He's, he's climbing it it's up. It's just him and some chalk. Yeah. But, did, but you know what I thought was interesting? They did the brain scans. Remember this part in the documentary? No, I don't. Yeah, they did the brains. They did. He went to brain scans, and he's actually when when they they gave different tests, so different parts of the brain light up given different stimuli. Well, the 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 part that measures like fear and avoidance simply didn't light up in his brain. So what does that tell me? It tells like there's simply physio- something different about him yeah. physiologically. Mm-hmm. Like those centers of the brain would actually which activate. Hey, I'm on this mountain, and if I slipped and fell. I would die. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have that, so he doesn't feel that. Well, that's not virtue. That's just, uh, I would say, uh, you know, evolutionarily actually probably not helpful in every way, but right. helpful for some facing danger. But that's the kind of guy you want, you know, on the front lines of if you're if you're defending if you're defending right. against threat. But probably day to day, that person's going to get you in a lot. <laughs> not going to interact with trouble. others. Yeah. And and it showed he had he had definitely struggles with keeping relationships hmm. in his own life, right? Because there was there was that kind of like there wasn't a total connectivity there. Anyway, I say that all to say that as you say. How do you what? How do you how do you, how do you deal with those who don't feel it enough? I, I'd say usually those those folks tend to be more in the minority. I think for yeah. most of us, the idea is that we allow fear to take 
the driver's seat, right? right? To oh, take definitely. the wheel yeah. and start to make judgments based on the catastrophization, <laughs> the mm-hmm. catastrophizing of worst possible yeah. scenario rather than that. So so what not to do, where the extremes, the extremes, as I described before, either kind of like wishing it away or just some kind of platitude. Oh, just yeah. pray about it. No, so you acknowledge it, like I was saying before, that yeah. little exercise of acknowledging, taking time to do it. But then the the, the other thing is actually to be able to, to name it and to, to, to acknowledge that you're not in control of it, <laughs> but mm. you're giving it to the Lord's grace and in his strength. I think one of the the most, um, and the, the, how to put it, one of the very often misquotes in the Bible, you know, all the you know kind of like famous sayings that are kind of not quite right is Jesus what is that? <laughs> that's the shortest one. <laughs> that's a powerful one too. Um, but the idea that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. Oh, this is one of my little pet peeves. There's nowhere right. in the Bible he doesn't say that, that says, "I'll never give you more than you can handle." What he does say is my grace is sufficient for you. Right. right? So St. Paul's struggling and, and God doesn't, God doesn't, here's things God doesn't do. He doesn't take things away from us necessarily in terms of struggles. Mm-hmm. That's not his usual response is to take something away. And the other response is, is not usually to, in that same vein, the Lord doesn't uh, typically give us as much as we can naturally handle. I'll put it that way. Okay. He gives us, in fact, you look at all, talking about Jeremiah, more than we think we can handle in order that we might be open to his presence by All which the more. we yeah. would indeed yeah. be able to handle things. So, right. so anyway, so that, that's, that's the, the idea that in these moments of struggle and whether it's the catastrophization of the moment, mm-hmm. <laughs> catastrophizing, oh, this is going to be terrible, to say, okay, well, maybe, the, okay, we have this fear. I'm not going to just explain it away. I'm not just going to uh, totally minimize it. But at the same time, the Lord's grace is there if we want it. It is more than we can handle. Let's acknowledge yeah. that. But then on the other side, the other extreme, is to think that we just should give up and, and despair. Um, and as I like to say, grace is not in our imagination, yeah. but in the situation. And that's where the virtue of hope comes in. Exactly. Right? So, I mean, we exactly. can't, um, it's that radical refusal that God is present, even in those moments in which we're convinced he's not. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we can get up to a lot of dire scenarios in our mm-hmm. imagination, our high hype of the wind. Right. Like, what if, what if, what if, what if? Yeah. What if? <laughs> so Jesus yeah. does that in the, the Sermon on the Mount. He says, you know, what if the Lisa Field knew that, <laughs> that there wasn't rain coming? Or mm-hmm. busy? You know, I mean, yeah. what if they had that, you know, and it, that sense of like, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't get into those problems because they can't hypothesize, you know, ad absurdum. Yeah. They can't hypothesize. What gets us into trouble is, uh, a, an imagination that can turn very dark or very, right. um, a sense, worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. God doesn't give us the grace for the worst case scenario. You know what he gives us grace for? Right here and now, the, right. the situation, mm-hmm. the concrete. Yeah. And so we got to pray for right now, this moment. And that helps us live in the moment too. Right. Not tomorrow, not the next day, just in this moment right here and now. And it's, yeah, that speaks, to, I'm a planner. So, I, yes, you know, I know. <laughs> as you well know. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, so it's my, for myself, I mean, it's my default position thinking two days ahead, three days ahead, yeah. a week ahead, and all yeah. that such. And to be, and in today's situation, we don't know when quarantine's going to end. Do we have this four stage thing that the governor put out? Yes, but 
who knows, right? Well, well, so, well, according to the schedule you've put out for us all, and thank you, by the way, for being <laughs> going to last at least another month. You, at you, least the June you, 14th. You, you, you put up a big, big schedule. <laughs> thank you. you you're fine. I'm just, I'm day to day. Like, who, what, what's, what's mm-hmm. going on, you know, the next. Yeah. Well, 45 at, minutes. Exactly. So you've got your watch on. This is bad radio. <laughs> no bad watch. radio, but good video. <laughs> good video. So. No, exactly. no watch. No, no, so that, that does. So in that sense of, Asking for what we need right here, and, that, and that's why in the, mm-hmm. in the um, in the Our Father, we don't just ask for nourishment in a general way. We say, "Give us this day our daily daily bread." Yeah. So there's a, a sense in which it's what's reflected in the manna in the desert. Mm-hmm. Once again, mm-hmm. here's another key spiritual principle that the and that's seen from this kind of miraculous feeding in the desert that the Lord gives them just enough for that day. Yeah. Just enough just for enough. that day. Just it's enough. A, it's what they need. They want it for the moment. Who knows about down the line? They didn't know it was going to take, you know, 40 yeah. years or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if they had known that, they might have, you know, given up right from the start. Mm-hmm. But to bring it back to what you were saying about hope, hope is that confidence mm-hmm. in the promises of our Lord. And there's a, there's a sense of return, talking, bringing it back to courage, that, that courage is uh, that sense in which we modulate fear rightly Mm-hmm. And especially, it's not just courage. This is where Aquinas is different than Aqu- uh, uh, Aristotle, because Aquinas sees that for Aristotle, courage is bravery and attacking. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever difficult. It's a courage is about fear, about either fear of losing something good, which is which is easy to lose, or avoiding something evil, which is hard to avoid. Right. So it's it's both the difficulty in getting a good thing, or uh, the real difficulty in avoiding the evil that uh-huh. is there. Yeah. Aristotle takes the height of courage as being bravery in, in battle and right. facing it head on. Um, where Aquinas sees it the other way around, he sees it as being a perseverance. It's a standing fast in the midst of suffering. Yeah. And in some wow. ways, in this coronavirus, there's not much any of us can like do <laughs> direct. Like, well, there are certain segments of society who are like actively working for oh, a yeah. cure and things like that, but. You know, ninety-nine percent of us are just enduring. <laughs> yeah. In a sense, right? We're just in our apartments or, or wherever. Yeah, so yeah. so what we it's, but the courage is called for simply mm-hmm. because we have that sense of just enduring what we're called to endure, just just not not giving up in the sense of of letting those habits and behaviors of our life just be driven by whatever right. fear of the hypothetical, the imagination, the catastrophization of of what might come down. Right? You're really life. liking that. I'm liking the word, key, yeah, I know. I'm 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 excited about my new word. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I gotta look that up. Catastrophization. Can I can I trademark that? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Let's try. Let's try. <laughs> so, On next week's episode, exactly. So anyway, so that, 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 that's all around the kind of looking under the hood. So, so just to kind of summarize that, in the sense of okay, we're feeling it goes from the extreme to just kind of like mm-hmm. a very kind of moderate sense of spiritual kind of blues. I would say key things for our, our, our spiritual toolbox underneath the hood right. is to be able to be attentive to our emotions, mm-hmm. check our emotional temperature, and that doesn't mean asking ourselves how we feel, but asking ourselves how we're behaving. Yeah. What are we actually doing? Because our behavior tells us how we're feeling. Exactly. It's not, feelings can't really, they can only be seen indirectly in my mind, Mm -hmm. or at least that's my experience. And and then the the other side of it is to not look to flee from feelings or try to lose those feelings or run away from it, but but acknowledge them once you can. Name them. Take take the temperature, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Name them. And then bring them to the Lord, yeah, and ask for what's needed 
right now, today, daily bread, yeah. right? The, the sense of God's providence here. God's providence, once again, is not in the hypothetical. It's not in our imaginings. It's concrete. It's always in the situation just for today. And there's no guarantee for it tomorrow necessarily. Yeah. Until tomorrow, right. <laughs> tomorrow brings its guarantee, right? Yeah. So yeah, so that those are those are some uh, some uh, kind of uh, resources and tips, and and ask yourself what kind of resources do I have? What resources do mm-hmm. are around me to help me, you know, yeah. navigate this the, the kind of cognitive dis- dissonance that can go on in our lives? Um, one aspect to maybe pivot to uh, kind of a final runway yeah. for today um, is what can we engage with in our minds and fill our imaginations with that can, in a sense, not let us get so consumed about all the, you know, the often very dire sorts of right. things as, as we're fearing ill health or the collapse of the economy and all these things. Imaginatively, what is, so what, what are you reading right now? So it's my, it's my question. What am I reading right now? Yeah, what are you reading right now? Kind of not exactly where I thought you were going. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, to, to kind of, what, what are we filling our imagination? Yeah, what are we filling? Well, I actually am... Rediscovered the library insofar that there's that their digital service has been kind of, they kind of up their game and I've been listening to a lot of C.S. Lewis actually. Oh really? Mm-hmm. So I mean so old Jack, old Jack, Clive Staples, and um one of my favorites from old Jack is uh, Screw Tape Letters. Oh yeah, I would like once every eighteen months I would just kind of go back and li- read it, listen to it, whatever, just to go back to those those letters. Well, how again. far are you? Letter four. So I just okay, started. Just start, the other okay. day. So I want to get to I want to get that for just a second. But what I do want to say though is, for our listeners, if there is a genre of literature that you enjoy, chances are C.S. Lewis <laughs> dabbled in that genre. That's true. That's true. <laughs> right. Children's so, lit, sci-fi, yeah, fantasy, right? Um, uh, biography, um, biography, yeah. apologetic. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in sermons and beautiful sermons. Yeah. You know, so you you name the genre. He's got something for so, uh, screw tape letters. Is is what uh, kind of ironic, satirical, mm. right? In fact, I think screw tape letters was the number one bestseller in the United States. Of course, he's not from the United States. He's, yeah. he's from England, but. But I think that really, I think mere Christianity put him on the map in England. But screw tape letters really kind of a, leave it to the Americans to like the devil. Like little the, short the, things about the devil. Yeah. Oh, I was, yeah. I was, and it was, they were published, I think they were published, there are a series of letters published in The Guardian, I believe, mm-hmm. if, yeah. if I'm right. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I love, I, I, I love the screw tape letter. I'm interested to, to, to hear. Uh, from your perspective, because I am, I'm also. I, we, this is why we don't we we don't necessarily check in before. And I I'm actually reading CS Lewis myself, but I want to hear about Screw Tape Letters. First four letters, what what's what strikes you right off the get, and and uh, and might be helpful for us in this moment. Well, what's interesting is that the one that I just turned off before mm-hmm. coming down to the studio here was that <laughs> studio. Um, <laughs> I'm, being generous, I'm being generous. I'm being generous. Is that <laughs> it's a beautiful studio? Um, is a it was the letter that addresses how people are reacting to the Great War, mm. actually, and mm-hmm. just and just the uh, screw tape is trying to admonish his nephew of of allowing the nephew's patient to. Um, get too involved in the war, get too anxious, and to um, try to rile up uh, his emotions so mm-hmm. that uh, Wormwood effectively can feed off that. Gotcha. So basically, mm-hmm. just because I, I remember, I, is this the distraction part? I think so, yeah. Or is it because like, there's one, what, what I remember uh, from it's been a little while since I've read the thing in uh, all the letters in their entirety. What I remember is that kind of very subtle way in which 
where it says you can't lead him to do great sins right away. Yeah. You're going to have to work on him at a, you know, on the patient mm-hmm. at, at, a, at a very kind of subtle level and, and something that approaches the truth. Yeah. Um, but, but just off. You just yeah. off. Yeah. And in fact, I, now, that, now that you're mentioning that, I remember C.S. Lewis, I, I read an interview uh, from him once talking about the uh, screw tape letters were born after he was listening to uh, a speech by Hitler. And so he's listening to this Hitler speech, and he said about halfway through, he thought to himself, this guy is a good speaker. And he said he found himself being kind of almost persuaded by it. He goes, he, goes, wow. he said there was this dissonance where he knew what he was, what Hitler was saying was false, yeah. like not true. But he was persuaded emotionally towards Yeah, he side. was persuaded like, like rhetorically. Yeah. And emotionally, and in a, in a sense, in terms of like almost political fervor, to like, yeah, let's that that makes that kind of makes sense mm-hmm. at a, at, a, at another level. And he said that is how the devil works. The devil doesn't come in with some kind of outrageous kind of temptation or suggestion. He builds on what might emotionally either kind of mm-hmm. stirring us up emotionally or the other big one is distraction where he says, right. if you can distract your patient enough, oh, yeah, that's what's really important. Two. Yeah. Is, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's what that, that's like to me, the key right there is right. just like more, um, how to put it, more sins or failings in my life usually come from a sense of being distracted right. from what mm-hmm. I, you know, what I'm, yeah. what, what, what I'm all about and getting down a, a kind of a rabbit hole and then trying to justify that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Or, or w- w- that sense of, of not recognizing the gift we've been given, you know, so he talks about, you know, those who are, 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 are you know, faithful people but they'd never give you the time of day kind of thing. Right. So they guard mm-hmm. their time yes. as a precious mm-hmm. kind of yeah, trick. Yeah. So not, they're, 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 unge- they're, how to put it, faithful but ungenerous kind of right. thing. Mm-hmm. And it's a subtle yeah. kind of thing. Or the person who does everything right and then is kind of judgy as we would call it. And I think right. so these little subtle things that, that I, you, you read and you're like, ooh, yeah, that, that kind of I know who that is. Home. That's me. That's me. That's, <laughs> that's me too. Me. Yeah. yeah, that's him. That's him. That's yeah. him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, also you're so, going back to distraction. I mean, I think that was in the first letter where Screwtape sells a letter of uh in tells a story of where uh his his own patient was on the verge of accepting grace and or accepting that god existed or what whatever and what does scrute do he reminds him that it's lunchtime mm, yes know? yeah 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 so he uses very subtle yes. kind of yeah and that goes back to the the blast plus h <laughs> where with the hungry <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly so you're just like it's like oh there's so much good to be work to be done but it's noon, and what would it hurt to have a little lunch? Like, right. uh, you know, I, I couldn't possibly do this on an empty stomach. So that just distract, just one little thing, and it's very human, and it's very yeah. innocuous. And all of a sudden, he's got the whole thing. So always being mindful. So yeah, no, that's that's a that's great. So four four, and we'll have maybe we'll come back to that. I myself am doing C.S. Lewis hmm. uh, only because the uh, audiobook I have is a collection of the full Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, fun! Yeah, and I hadn't, I hadn't, I re- certainly read them when I was young. But what actually like beguiled me was was all these very um, notable voice actors like Kevin oh, okay. Branagh and and um, uh, the guy who did um, so the John voice Lee. Ca- yeah, so, so the voice cast the voice cast, the voice cast was just like I was okay. a plus. I'm like, oh, this would be interesting. And I I kind of wanted to to read them or listen to them to see if they held up as stories. 
Right. So are they are they kind of kitty? Are they kind of like? Right. Eh? And so I I, I did um, Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, which I and I remembered that story, so that one oh, was yeah. less less. I, the, the the subsequent one I, I can't really remember the story quite as well, but it, they're shorter than I remember. Mm-hmm. Or yep. maybe it's because I just listened to them at, at twice speed. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. Or was speed no noise <laughs> So they're shorter than I remember. And I they're a little more tell like they like I can see now why. They're they're great, but I can see why Tolkien, you know, was a little bit critiquing of right. Lewis and the fairy tale aspect just because there's a kind of you know, you have Aslan as like yeah. Christ you know, so you've got the very direct associations. Yeah. With things which, which are very bright line, and for that reason, yeah. there's a virtue there for sure. Um, and you know, you've got the idea of you know this the sacrificial substitutionary nature of right. you know of Edmund the and cross Aslan exactly. And all that uh, stuff, yeah, yeah, so you know, he takes over the the white witch is the you know the, mm. the evil and the devil, and yeah. Edmund you know basically being forfeit for being a betrayer. Yeah, Aslan you know takes take t- gives his life for that, and by doing yeah. that, there's the old quote unquote magic which yeah. restores back to life. So it's it's kind of on the nose a little bit, right? Um, but I did I did discover that Turkish delight is a real thing. Did you know Turkish delight was a real thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, I thought it was just some made up. I thought it was like a fairy tale, and so I was listening to Turkish delight. I was like, "Oh man, I wonder what he was thinking of there." Yeah, and there's so a actually... store like a couple blocks away from the the Russian cathedral that they have it in his window, and I never tried it. Have you tried it? No, but it doesn't sound good to me. It sounds like 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 soggy nougat. <laughs> you know, I don't like nougat. Nougat. For someone that doesn't like nougat, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it just it's just kind of like gelatinous sugar with may or may not be with fruit. Am I am I thinking about the right thing? This is this is Turkish delight, right? It's like uh, with yeah. the powdered sugar, I yeah, think. with the yeah. powdered sugar on yeah. top, just a nice little dust ball for you to get your coffin. Sounds <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. I was not I was not an, I was not beguiled by that. I don't you know I what I'm going to do. Okay, oh, when I, when we're out of here, I'm going to go over to the Russian Cathedral, <laughs> make a pilgrimage over to the Russian Cathedral, go across the street, get some Russian, and put it on your desk <laughs> and take pictures of you eating it. First of all, I am slightly embarrassed. I had no idea Turkish light was a real thing. But hey, you know, there's gaps in that knowledge. But once I realized that, I did like research into it, and it just didn't sound good to me. Okay. I can't, I can't imagine. You, you've never tried it yourself, though? I've never tried. I don't okay. think I've never tried it myself. Well, so. but do you think you would like it? What, what's your here? What's your expectation for Turkish delight? I think it would be chewy. Yeah, gummy. Um, yeah, yeah, gummy. Probably more gummy. It probably. I mean, if it's not I'm chocolate. Not big, uh, yeah, I'm not a big gummy guy either. You kind of get stuck in your teeth. It's all. So over you're the not place. a gummy bears guy. No. Okay. So therefore, I will yeah. say there is a big exception. There is one in the gummy category that I would put. That's like. You know, drug, I mean, not that I've had experience of it. I think we've talked about it, but, but I call it crack. And that is um, <laughs> SPKs. SPK? Um, Sour Patch Kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're at a different level. SPKs yeah. are deadly. Yeah, they're at a different level. Absolutely. De- that's yeah. a, so, but that's not so much. The gumminess is actually, you know, relatively small, at least if you get the, like, the Yeah, to the cotton sour. Yeah, but the sour and sweet yeah. is just like, that's just like, that's like, yeah, you're that's like, pretty, that's pretty you're basically yeah. just mainlining sugar at that point. You're just like, you got the yeah. buzz going. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that even, that's me. So yeah, so that's our CS. So CS Lewis, great. And, and um, great divorce. Did you do that? 
in the in the not too distant past or was i because i was talking i've to read it you've read it yeah but i mean but not recently yeah we'll have to next podcast will come around oh we'll yeah do, we'll do screw cape in part two we can we, we can uh, get some more insight from that because it really is that that sense of of seeing how temptation can work at a, right. at, a, at, a at a level which are we are n- so subtle right yeah. the, the 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 most damaging falsehoods are rooted in truth right right the most pernicious lies are 80 percent true yeah right and that that then the psychology of that and you know even just for this situation we think the world's collapsing around us well there's ways in which things are collapsing but the lord is lord stronger than that right Mm -hmm. so the the idea that we catastrophize one more time (laughs) that the situation really hurts us in the end (laughs) because it's not we we cut ourselves off from the present grace the lord has for us right here and now the lord is not in our imagination in terms of hypothetical Mm. catastrophes he's He's actually really right here present within us around us in the situation concretely daily bread we ask for his daily bread right now. Amen. So, so if you want to help out with the podcast, you know what to do. Uh, email us at podcast at stdominics.org. Uh, share, review, like us and review us. All those great things to help out the podcast. And may all that we do truly radiate the joy of the gospel here in the heart of the city. Amen. Amen. <laughs>